they have me double booked today, so you got me for tonight too. Um, since the introduction of consumer-ready video games in the 70s, um, we've come a long way. Um, the Magnavox Odyssey, I don't know if anyone recognizes that. I don't know if any older folks even played video games back in the day. But that was the first home video game console um, on which you could play one of the most iconic grandfathers of all video games, Pong. Um, from then on, with every new technological advances and uh, innovations and whatnot, for example, um, at some point they invented a very small microchip that you could easily and more cheaply program. So they started putting that in uh, video games and or consoles, and it was made more ready-made and um, applicable to uh, the home. Um, companies like Atari, Nintendo, Sega, uh, they began to leave a mark on this rapidly expanding um, and growing industry called video games. Um, in the early 2000s, we begin to see uh, the original Xbox. You guys know about that. And PlayStation 2. I mean, we all do. Uh, and they, those two really take hold of the gaming world and the rest is history. Right? What began as an offshoot of the development of computer programs um, and hardware has now become a multi-billion dollar uh, industry. International market that penetrates the culture of our society today. If you are a parent, or if you're a young person yourself, uh, you know a thing or two about video games, right? Um, and it, it, it is something that we are exposed to every day. And it's so deeply engraved, in fact, that we're starting to see some problems um, that arise from this whole video game scene. Uh, Fortnite. We've all heard of Fortnite, right? Maybe, maybe not? I don't know. Games like Fortnite have a massive following. Um, it actually set a record of 78.3 million concurrent players online. That's a lot of people to be playing one game at one single moment at the same time. But Fortnite set that record. And, uh, and this kind of number is insane, but what's crazier are stories that are starting to pop up uh, surrounding these video games, um, for example, like that of a certain nine-year-old who recently went into rehabilitation for gaming addiction. She would play literally like 10 hours a day and refused to go to the restroom and even got violent when uh, her parents tried to take Fortnite away from her. <laughs> it sounds silly, but it's happening. And... How about um, a recent court case in Montreal revolving around two addicted minors whose parents have likened the effects of this specific game, Fortnite, to that of substance addiction. Um, and there are many more and uh, more and more studies coming out and released every year about uh, this often overlooked side effects of um, what we now know as video games. Especially in the case of Fortnite, it seems uh, Fortnite has some dirt on it, um, and 
it's not surprising because Fortnite is famously engineered uh, by developers working with psychologists to make the game as addicting as possible, especially to young people. Even the World Health Organization identifies gaming disorder now as an official uh, ICD, which stands for Internationally uh, Classified Disease. Now, some of you guys are shaking your head at me. <laughs> um, I don't say this to fearmonger you right now about video games. This, this isn't about video games. It's not about that. Um, I hope that your parents don't go home tonight and, and start throwing out your game consoles and, and uh, take away your phones or something like that. No, I'm, I'm not. That's, that's not what this is about, right? This isn't a lesson about anti-technology. Um, and I know that a lot of the young people here are obviously shaking their heads at me and rolling their eyes. Don't worry. I also play video games. I grew up with video games, so I'm with you. I love those things. But my point tonight, though it's not about video game addiction or dangers of some kind of dependency, I do want to ask ourselves this. It seems like there are so many things around us today in the world that people are becoming very dependent on. And it doesn't have to be video games, right? Some of you may think, and you might be a little older, and you may think, oh, video games, Fortnite, I don't know what this guy is saying. You know, this all sounds silly and weird to me, but let me ask you. I mean, there are certainly some things in your lives that you have come to depend upon. That's not God. Again, it doesn't have to be video games. It can be social media, Netflix, Hulu, Disney+. Plus. We have so many different forms of media that we can consume today that we just zone out to whenever you know, we're tired and exhausted and we don't want to do any thinking and we don't want to do any, any more work or whatever. We just kind of sit in the couch and just boom, right? It's already there for us. It could be our jobs, our occupation, our ambitions. It could be money. It could be your image on campus or at school. It could be the clothes that you wear. It can be any of these things. Is it your retirement plans? Is it family? Is it your children, your grandchildren? What has you hooked? And what has a grip on your heart? That which is not God. I don't want you to think that I'm here trying to preach some kind of uh, Puritan lifestyle where we, you know, uh, denounce all, you know, good things and fun things in life and just go off into the woods and make a community and we live like that. No, no. I don't want you to think that I'm preaching some kind of monastery lifestyle where you have to become a recluse and forego the social interactions and, and the, the exchange Exchanges that we, we come into contact with in this world. We are separate from the world, yes, and we are sojourners. We understand that. But we are called to be in the world, not of it. As Jesus prayed for us in John chapter 17 in his high priestly prayer in verses 11, 15, and 16. Nevertheless, it is true that oftentimes in our society there are many different things that can occupy the throne that is in our hearts that should be occupied by God. 
Jesus understood the importance of where our heart is and made it one of his focal points in his Sermon on the Mount. Um, and that's the text that Dawson read today. Um, Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21. Jesus later on answers the question of what is the greatest commandment? And his answer is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Mark adds later on, or Mark adds uh, uh, at the end of this, strength in Mark chapter 12, verse 30. Jesus was echoing a concept that was already very well known in the community, in the Jewish community. A foundation for God's people that we can read of this very commandment back in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. In the next verse, in the next verse, Moses commands the people of Israel that the words that he speaks to them shall be on their heart. Heart is an important part of our faith life. And what is occupying it? And, and dominating its real estate is significant because it will have an effect on our lives. It will have an effect on how we act, how we speak, how we think, how we interact with other people, our behaviors, our habits, aspirations, goals. All of these things are an offshoot of what is in our hearts so no, I'm not telling you tonight that video games and other recreational entertainment activities in your life are something to just be thrown away immediately and they're sinful. I'm not saying that, but there is a question to be asked. When we find ourselves developing dependency on those things more than we do on God. How many times do we run around anxiously checking on this and that Wondering if our plans are going well for, for our life, for our goals, for our aspirations in this physical life. Making sure that the risk benefits are calculated correctly and properly and, and we're making all the right decisions. And we're always anxious, we're always nervous that something will mess up, something will, will trip up, that, that we'll, we'll never recover. And then we run around in circles like a chicken with his head cut off. How many times do we Instead, think to just stop and, and pray to God and to ask Him for guidance and then pledge our, our humble submission to Him, our dependency on Him rather than the various things of this life that fight for our attention and our dependency. When it comes to money, when it comes to occupation, relationships, entertainment, everything... We seem to get anxious and we seem to worry about it a lot. Well, why don't we do that with the spiritual matters of this life? Why don't we do that with God? I'm sure you've heard this famous method to trap and catch monkeys. It's a simple contraption. Terrible segue, sorry. A box with a small hole, just small enough for the monkey to reach his hand in. And inside you have you know, food or bananas or whatever. Um, and the monkey will reach in and he'll grab, right? 
but the hole is too small. It fits just right around his wrist. And when you gra- when he grabs something that's inside, he can't let go. And if he doesn't let go, he's trapped. But he can't let go. He's got the banana. He can't let go. But he's trapped. So at the end of the day, the monkey gets caught and is killed. I feel like that is sometimes an illustration for our own lives. That is a very simple contraption, and yet it is effective because the monkey can't let let go of what's in his hand. And because of that, it costs him his life. I wonder what is occupying our hearts tonight. I wonder if that thing that is occupying our hearts, the thing that we have become dependent on, the thing that we have grown to lean on every day, in and out, I wonder if that is God. Because it needs to be. If you have not yet seated God in your heart, tonight is the best time to do it. By immersing yourself into the watery grave and emerging into this newness of life in Christ, there are loving brothers and sisters who are willing to embrace you and to help you with all of that. Don't let another second go by while you have whatever it is that's in your fist trapping you. And if you're already a member and you're in Christ, you have put, put on Christ through baptism, but you, you still have that thing in your heart that, that is fighting for the seat that is in your heart, that is fighting against what should be God in the throne of your heart. Don't let that win. Don't seat something else in your heart that is not God. Whatever you're struggling with, there are brothers and sisters here who are willing to help. And we are here for you. And we hope that you will make that right. And we hope that tonight you will seat God in your heart where he rightly belongs and grow dependent on him and cling closer to him rather than the other things of this life. Whatever it is that you need, do not let it go unaddressed tonight. Please make your needs known as we stand and sing.